0: Vanessa. Hi, Cara. We are talking on Zoom, staring at screens. I don't know about you, but I also have a phone sitting on my desk. I have a phone, a laptop, a desktop. I don't own a laptop, which is a fun back and forth between Vanessa and me.
1: That's a conversation for another time, not in front of the children. (laughs) But but why, why are we talking about the tech we have, Vanessa? Because we're taking this opportunity, sort of mid to late summer, to think about resetting tech habits in our homes, keeping the good or working towards some good, leaving the not so good behind. I noticed, Kara, in our notes that you chose not to use the word bad, but the no. less good. There are other choice words I might use as opposed to less good?
0: You know, I was being an optimist as we thought about what we (laughs) want. I was being an optimist today. For the next 15 minutes. Yeah, I'm not always an optimist, but I was being an optimist today because I was thinking about actually how a lot of people work very hard over the summer to shift their use of technology. Whether or not they succeed at it, they give it a lot of thought. There's a real intention there. So things like if you don't have to wake up super early every day, you might be able to use that as a rationale for getting your phone out of your room because you haven't decided you have to use your phone alarm clock as opposed to say a battery operated alarm clock. And that's okay because that's one step in the right direction. Or if there's a kid in your life who has gone to camp, camps are very good about aiming to be tech free. They don't always get it right. They don't always succeed, but it's very clear in their intentionality in the beginning of the camp, almost every single one, whether it's a day camp or a sleepaway says, this is going to be a tech-free experience. And that's incredible. And so the intentionality is there. And so what I wanted to do today was run with that optimism and say, okay, whether you just thought about it or did it, let's take what is happening over the summer vis-a-vis tech. And let's see what we can pull into the fall in order to kind of keep some of those good habits or good ideas alive.
1: So one thing that I am working on very hard in myself, as I think about what I want to see in my kids is making sure that when I am in conversation with another person, I am not looking at my phone, I'm not also scrolling through texts or answering emails. And if I'm in a situation where I have to do that, right, an important text from Cara came through and I cannot wait another second to respond, then I will say, can you excuse me for a second? I have one work text I have to respond to. I will be right back. So part of change in my family starts with me and what choices I'm making and how I model for my kids and my willingness to recognize when I am violating my own rules and expectations around tech.
0: And we all violate our own rules and expectations. I mean, that's part of the game, right? But I I love that. I've noticed it actually, Vanessa. It's really actually been an incredible shift and it's, it's rubbed off on me. You and I both do this multitasking thing where we are on screen all day long and we've got lots of windows open on our screens. And then often we have a phone up. And if something comes in, what felt like the right thing to do for the person who was trying to reach us by text is to respond right then and there in the moment. And what we, I think we've both realized over time is when the other person isn't doing that, it feels so much better. It feels so much, right? So like when you're not doing that, it makes me feel so much better that I don't want to do that anymore. So I've stopped doing that too. By the way, dear listener, um, (laughs) for those of you
1: struggling with this, with your business partner or your spouse or your work spouse or whatever you want to call them, Cara said to me, I mean, this is now several months ago, but you said, Listen, I know you feel a lot of pressure to respond to all the incoming stuff we get, but I would really appreciate it if for X meeting or in this way, if you wouldn't respond in the moment because it's clear that you're not paying attention. And I, first of all, she said it in a way I could hear it. You were
0: so kind about, I was so nervous. My heart was beating (laughs) so hard and I was so, so nervous to say it to you and you were incredible about it. Because
1: A, you said it in a way I could hear it. B, I recognize it. And C, then I can say, great, just know I'm going to have a longer response time for X, Y, and Z. I mean, you and I work at such a fast clip that it feels like if I don't get it done now. And the other thing we've started doing, Cara, is we have started taking real breaks from email over weekends, which Hallelujah is... Been huge. I'm, It's been huge. I just came off a weekend where I was out of office and I did not respond except to the most, most, most important emails. And I have to tell you, I felt so much better. It was like I was so much more present in a way that I'm almost never present. And it's such a lesson.
0: If you're watching on YouTube, you see the Vanessa's shoulders are like 6 inches lower and I think that's because it wasn't on No, seriously like we carry our stress, right? We we like I mean, know. I did have a
1: particularly wonderful time visiting my beloved children at camp and yes. swimming in the lake in yes. the lakes of Maine. So I think that has something to do with it. But this is all to say that we're not just here to dump on our kids. Or to dump on our students. We're here to acknowledge the ways in which adults fall down on this and the ways in which adults can communicate with each other respectfully, kindly, and constructively about their behavior change. And one of the tensions in my own home is actually between me and my husband, because we both feel like the other one does a crappy job of following the family
0: rules. So I think the best way to start this conversation is to put up top the biggest pieces of advice that we would offer, things to carry over from summer if you were able to accomplish them or to try this fall. And then we can kind of back into conversation around them because you may have limited time and you may just want to be like, people, I want to hear the advice. So here's my, advice. I've really two, there are two I'm taking things. notes. Are you? I usually yes. take notes. Oh my I gosh. It's, it's Freaky Friday.
1: I have my post-it Ooh, note.
0: Post-it. Okay, um, number okay. one. Well, number one is modeling. Well, no, no. Here's what I was gonna say. Like, yes, yes, and. I'm very okay. impropi today. So number <laughs> one piece of tech advice that we give all the time, if you have not done this yet, I'm empowering you to do it, is tech out of the bedroom at night for every single person in the house even the one who's a cardiologist who's on call. Okay, when you're a cardiologist on call, yes, my husband can actually keep the phone in, but he doesn't need to keep the phone in the room every single night. And he sleeps better when he doesn't. We Mm. all sleep better. Every piece of data points to the importance of getting tech out of the bedroom. And we can talk about it in a little more detail, but for people who are looking for a way to bring good tech habits into the school year, if you do nothing else, that is the most important piece of advice. And it's not just phone. it's phone, it's laptop, it's iPad, it's gaming device. It's any screen.
1: Am I allowed to add to that comment yes. or are you listening and then we're going oh, back to topic? well, I just
0: want to say then the second one, which is yeah. to be present. and it's <laughs> just and it's, that small just I, I mean, i we can we can circle back, but it's it's building off of what you were saying before. and it's, If I am going to have a device, certainly during daytime hours, that the work begins with figuring out how to put that down and be present. Okay, those are my two big pieces of advice. Do you want to give your big pieces or do you want to go back? And
1: yes. So I think for me, the most important challenge I have and my goal is to reset standards and expectations around tech and devote. My energy to ensuring those standards are met. And for people raising tweens and teens, you understand. I've said this before it's like sleep training, like setting expectations and kids, getting them to adhere to those expectations is like a full time job. It's like sleep training, it never ends. You're constantly doing it. It's exhausting, it sucks. It's such a bummer, but it is so, so, so important. And I will say personally, and my kid won't mind me saying this, we made huge changes in my house around technology, particularly for my rising eighth grader, because he just, and he will acknowledge this, he didn't have the ability to set his own limits and he needed me and my husband to like pull things back. So. A, resetting limits and sticking to limits never ends. B, it sometimes requires, and we did a whole thing on this, it requires taking a do-over and saying, the privileges I gave you or the screen time limits I gave you, they're just not working. We've got to renegotiate. We've got to do it over again because it's like we're not seeing positive stuff. And the third thing is, Cara, I'm actually getting... Proactive about my kids' school and what their policy is around phones during the day because my kid was using his phone during the day in a way he shouldn't have been. And I realized he was incapable as a 13 year old of putting it away. They are addicted to these devices and whatever happens on these devices. And he needs help from the adults around him, not just for me and my husband, but from school to like create physical distance from these devices. So I am getting proactive and I love the educators and I love the administrators in my kid's school. And I believe in their ability to create better limits around tech for these kids.
0: Vanessa. Do you ever do that thing when you're just standing in your closet, staring at your clothes, trying to figure out what to wear when you know five minutes later you're going to be sweating right through it?
1: Yeah. I mean, Car, I do it all summer long. And I even see my kids do it too. They may not have fully mature brains, but they do know that if it's already hot and humid at breakfast, it's not getting much better through the rest of the day. Do you know what else I notice? What? They grab their OOM shorts.
0: Yeah, they do. It's so funny because we launched the brand Umla to create products that would make going through puberty more comfortable, but they're great for any hot and sweaty time, not just the sweatiness of puberty, bras that feel great against the body and help manage developing boobs, shorts that are loose and airy like the opposite of underwear, and socks that don't smell even on the sweatiest days. So when temps run high, go to
1: myumla.com and use the code pubertypodcast at checkout for 15% off your order. That's myumla, M-Y-O-O-M-L-A.com and use the code pubertypodcast.
0: It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause.
1: We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizerscom slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code puberty10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is puberty10 at biooptimizers.com/slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you.
0: Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer
1: That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal. And even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And fruity is the favorite flavor in my house.
0: Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. You can go to magicspoon.com
1: slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them.
0: Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. So I'm making this list and there are five big messages that we're gonna just now go back and hit one by one. But they break up actually interestingly into what happens overnight, what happens during the day when you're around and what happens during the day when you're not around. Mm-hmm. So the one that happens overnight is getting tech out of the room. And I, I know, dear listener, you have heard this a thousand times, but a thousand and one can't hurt. So we'll be brief, but we're going to hammer it home. The next are the things that happen during the day when you are around. So a little bit within your control. I love the euphemizing that you did about standards instead of rules. Vanessa, that's actually a much better word for it. So resetting standards, taking do-overs and the concept of presence and being present even when a device is in the room. And then the thing during the day when you're not around, which is what happens at school or at practice or at you know fill in the blank after school activity and how can you get proactive about helping to communicate to the places where your kid is all day, every day, that sometimes the policies there are undermining what you're really trying to do at home. So maybe we can start with the overnight and be really quick about it. And this is all I want to say. Every single study, every single study shows that sleep is exceptionally important. It's important for your memory. It's important for aging. It's important for growth. It's important for mood. It's important for metabolism. We have a whole series of episodes and newsletters on sleep Sleep is important.
1: We have a whole chapter in our book about sleep. We have a whole chapter. And it's
0: amazing. It's a great chapter. We have essays at the end of that chapter written by teenagers who talk about what it felt like to not get enough sleep, which is an amazing addition to that chapter. But we know, we, the community of humans who live on this earth, all know that tech in the room interrupts sleep. There's not a person who would argue against that. The question is whether you prioritize what's coming through in that tech or whether you prioritize sleep. And we're here to say, I'm here to say, one needs to prioritize sleep. It's just as simple as that.
1: I was on a Zoom with about 50 middle school girls recently. It was so fun. And it was all about body image and screen time and technology and social media. And I was talking about kind of our top rules, my top rules, the top rules you and I, Cara, talk about all the time. And that was number one, no devices in your room when you sleep. Yep. And one of them said, oh, but I fall asleep listening to music. Like it helps me go to sleep. And I said, that's great. Like if that helps you fall asleep, but don't do it on a device that has other forms of communication. You know, they don't use discmans or walkmans, but you know, get an MP3 or an old iPhone that nobody's using or a, whatever it is, but it should not have social media or text or any of that stuff. And she was like, oh, that's interesting. Like it was like all of a sudden something that she thought was a
0: problem actually wasn't a problem. And you know, it, it goes to this same thing that we were talking about at the top of this episode about when you used to do a lot of multitasking, and I also did a lot of multitasking, I just my you're just I, better. At my not my eyes <laughs> were more level on the screen, right? So it was, it was not just you. Cara it does it all made. on
1: her desktop. I do it on my laptop, my phone, and my desktop, so it's really obvious.
0: <laughs> it's, I know I'm like very subtle that, but I don't do it anymore, and I don't do it anymore because. It's conceptually the exact same thing, which is, there I once read an article, like I had she's to She's obsessed been 15, with
1: this concept and I actually don't agree with it, but she's going to tell you it anyways. It had to Go have ahead. been
0: 15 years ago. No, I don't think you know this one. About the concept of why Multitasking. We check, no, no, no. Oh, 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 why, oh, oh. Why we check email frequently. And it was really interesting and it looked at, if you actually look at the total number of emails and all of the emails you get for a given day, How many of them are good? Mm. How many of them are neutral? Like just trying to sell you something or tell you something and how many of them are bad? And the argument goes that the vast, vast majority are neutral. They have no impact on you whatsoever. There's some number that are actually negative and that create some anxiety for you or some consequence for you. And there's an even smaller number usually that are downright good you know, here's a check for something you did. Publishers Clearinghouse. Right, totally. And the way our brain works, and this is sort of the basis of the idea of what causes gambling addiction actually, is there is a dopamine hit for every good one. So what we do, this is what tech has done to our brain, is we go back and we check and we check and we check, whether it's our email or our text threads or for our kids, their social media. And what we're looking for is that one good in a haystack that will cause a dopamine surge that feels really good in our brain. And so that is the why of why people will keep their devices in their room. The other argument I always hear is emergency. What if there's an emergency? I fully understand, fully understand the need for emergency access on a phone. This is 2023. There are ways to set up your settings so that you do not have access to any other apps on your phone. And the only thing that can come through is an emergency call. And just figure that out and go on YouTube and take a tutorial or, you know, go search it up on the internet and figure it out. Because really the issue is, it's not the phone per se, it's what the phone can do. And it's the constant flow of information and the brain seeking a dopamine hit. That's all it is.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have certain members of my family and certain institutions on do not, I mean, (laughs) <laughs> on emerg- an Emergency disturb. Bypass. <laughs> yes. And everything else is on Do Not Disturb yes. because for those of us who have kids living not at home anymore or sleeping out, it's very stressful and doesn't very. matter how old they get or how long it is. And one of the things, we have to have Elisa Pressman on to talk about this because it's like connects to attachment theory, but like my mom always answers the phone. My mom always answers the phone. Like she could be in the middle of like having a pelvic exam and she will answer the phone. And she's and I like I could even tell we you what the she same would mother. say. Right. Mm-hmm. And I could tell you what she would say, which would be like, Oh, hi, honey. I there's just a speculum inside of me. Can I call you
0: back? <laughs> we don't have the same now. <laughs> <an hour.
1: laughs> but I know that my mom will always answer the phone. And so with my kids. You know, I don't always pick up the phone, but I will text back and say, Are you okay? I'm in the middle of the 4 millionth Zoom hour of the day. Can I call you when I'm off? There is some acknowledgement of, like, I'm here for you. I can't speak right now. In the middle of the night, it's different. If they're calling in the middle of the night, you know, for whatever reason, and sometimes it's actually a nice reason or a funny reason, and they forget that not everyone is up at two o'clock in the morning. So, Get the devices out of the room. Get your kids' devices out of the room. Car, we're going to end with be present because that's the hardest one.
0: So let's just do a minute on resetting standards slash taking do-overs, which is the thing that falls into the category of you're conscious. It's daytime or evening that you're awake. And you have a semblance of control over the situation.
1: So my kids have contracts with their phones. I mean, they're dusty in drawers somewhere. But we do revisit expectations. And when things aren't going well, like they're overstaying their screen time, they're overstaying their Xbox time, they're rushing through homework to get to screen time, they're hoping nobody notices on the weekends that they've had their phone in their hand for you know the entire football game they've been watching. So when my kid gets home from camp, we will sit down and write out a contract about how many hours of screen time they get on the weekend, which is obviously more than the time they get during the school day, where their phone is going to go when they get home from school, where it's going to be charged at night, where it is going to be on the weekends, right? Like if they want to get up and spend an hour on it in the morning, fine. But by 11 a.m., Like it's not still sitting in their hands. So going through all the lessons learned from the previous year, and I will say, because I have kids between the ages of 13 and 20, my youngest has the worst habits around technology. His older siblings' habits are much better. And I think there is a generational, I think between my 20-year-old and my 13-year-old, he is technically a different generation. He's Gen Alpha. And also they just grew up with technology earlier and more often than my older kids did. And so I am doing what I did not think I was going to have to do, which is being super involved in making sure expectations are met and stuck to.
0: And it sucks. It sucks. Yeah, you've had a harder road than I have because just given my kids ages and stages right now and what they're doing... Their summer transition from tech, it's an easier opportunity to say, how good did it feel? And don't you want to carry some of that over? And that's because one of them was traveling, doing a study abroad program. And certainly there's plenty of tech happening, but it's not 24-7. It really isn't. It's like, put away your phones and, you know, we're all together doing this thing. And there's a a lot of group (laughs) pressure to put away the phones. And so that's been an easy one to then tap into and say, how good did it feel? And then my other kid is an athlete and it's very hard to be on your phone and doing a sport at the same time. Right. And so that too, you know, the summer has been devoted to athletics. And so I get to say, gosh, didn't it feel good? Now, I will say with that one that as soon as the practice is over, there is an immediate, Phone pickup, head in the phone. And it's been hard to, what was your word? Oh, reset the standards. It's been hard to reset those standards and say, like, come on, get off your phone. Because the answer I get is, but I'm literally never on my phone. I'm hours and hours and hours off it. And so a little version of what you have is happening in my house. But I think the point is, there's going to be a whole range of experience for listeners. And when you can grab the easy transition, grab it, take it hold a mirror up to it and say to your kid, didn't it feel good? And then when you've got a kid who pushes back and says, but it feels good to be connected too. Yeah. Be prepared. Okay. What's your response to that going to be? And is it going to be what you're describing, Vanessa, which is great. Here are the limits. Here's what I want to be able to do. Because otherwise you get caught behind the eight ball in it. It is, it's really hard.
1: And I have said, how did it feel to be without?" So. We can transition to the next one, which is when they're not with us. Mm-hmm. And I reached a point this school year where I my kid was not allowed, even though he was given a phone so that we could be in touch with him at the end of the school day and he could coordinate with his siblings to get home from school and all of that, he was not allowed to bring his phone to school. That was the first week. The second week was... He could bring his phone to school, but he had to hand it in in the morning and pick it up in the afternoon, which is frankly what I hope his school does for every kid. But at the very least, that's what my kid is going to have to do. And I didn't say, didn't it feel good? Because I assumed he was going to say, no, mom, it sucked. I didn't like it. But unsolicited, he said to me, and there were also in those weeks, he was not on in the evenings. So he had like a period of time to, text people back. And then his phone went in the charger in the kitchen. And he did say to me, unsolicited, you know, it was actually like kind of nice not to be on it. And I I kind of liked it. And amazing. I was shocked, <laughs> pleasantly shocked. And also I have that to refer back to. Hey, do you remember last spring when you told me you actually kind of liked it? I know you're annoyed at me right now, But I just want you to know I'm doing this because this is what is actually going to be great for you in the long run. As we always say, it's my job to keep you healthy and safe. And this is a really important way for me to help keep you healthy and safe. I just want to remind you, you actually told me it felt nice. And I want you to like hold on to that feeling.
0: I think it's progressively harder and harder to convince a school to get in the middle of the phone situation. So for middle school, I hear all different approaches. I personally love an approach where a middle school not only bans phones, but has a place to put phones when the kids, I mean, they walk in with them anyways. So they have a place to put them. They're acknowledged. Of course, what the kids will say to us is... I can also text on my computer. I can do this. I can do that. But you and I both know a lot of the apps that they like to be on are optimized for phone. And so if they don't actually have the phone, the number of things they can do from a laptop, while not zero, they can shop, they can game, they can text. Social media is really not optimized for a computer. And so that's the thing that tends to stop at school when phones are kept away from kids. What I have found in the high school years is that a lot of schools will say, we are not getting into the business of taking phones from kids because they need to learn how to use their phones in the real world. And while I don't work at a school, I've worked at many schools temporarily. It's like a visiting person, but I've never worked in a school full time. I will say, though, I find that to be a frustrating answer because especially the difference between an eighth grader and a ninth grader is teeny tiny. And to say to them, you are now technically in high school, your brain should be developed enough to know how to handle this is actually an unfair, heavy lift for them. And so just like, you know, in a lot of schools, as you get towards senior year, you have graduated privileges like you can go off campus for lunch or there are these different things that different schools allow older kids to do. It feels to me like the cell phone policy should not be all or none. And in high school, just throw your hands up and say, "Fine, it's all. I also think from a sort of a education standpoint, the cheating issues often happen on phones. All the stuff that gets kids in trouble, it's almost never on other devices, it seems to be phone, right? I mean, not always, but often. And then schools will
1: say, and I understand this, that the parents complain and they need to get in touch with their kid. Mm-hmm. So they can call the office and get a message to their
0: kid. Or they can text their kid because they can, the kid can text on a computer.
1: Funnily enough, the only text from a computer I get for my kid is when they get a good grade back. <laughs> I don't get a text when they get a bad grade and I don't get a text about anything else except for clothing they want me to buy, which makes me slightly concerned about what they're doing online. But (laughs) so I think that kids are not intentionally bad. Mm -hmm. Kids are not intentionally like trying to create upheaval in a school situation. A lot of the dumb stuff they do is because they do not have the skills or the self-control or the brain development to not do it. And it's our job, all of our jobs, parents, educators, coaches, administrators,
0: to help them scaffold the ability to get off devices. I'm going to flip that and say, we are not inherently bad either. But when we send our kids to school with devices, what do we expect? I mean, I really think it's on us. You have a kid who is a gen alpha. By the time he has kids, if he chooses to have kids, there will be no wiggle room in his household because he grew up understanding all of this inherently. We are, whether you're a gen Xer, whether you're a millennial, you are still relatively new to this whole show compared to the kids in your lives. Even if you're a coach or a teacher who is, five years older than the oldest kid in your class, you are by comparison relatively new to their level of sophistication. So it is on us to set those limits and to take the do-over. And this is not to say that schools should bear the responsibility of policing phones. That is not what I'm saying at all. And I don't think that's what you're saying, but it is on the adults in these kids' lives to communicate with schools and say, we got a partner in this. Mm-hmm. We got to partner in this because we've got a problem. And so I think that's what you're encouraging. And I say hallelujah to that. And it doesn't really matter what kind of school your kid goes to, public, private, parochial, it doesn't matter. You can have, just like you have communication with your kids all the time, you can have communication with the school and share with them why this is a hard one for you or where the where the hurdle is. Not every parent will agree. This is the dilemma for schools. Vanessa, can we land on being present? The eternal parenting
1: struggle. <laughs> yes, Kar, guide me in being present because I feel like I am always striving for it and rarely achieving it.
0: I disagree with you. You're. I. I'm gonna. Say I love cause... it when
1: you disagree with me to compliment me.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's so funny, but oh, it's okay. true. I do that a lot. <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you because you're exceptionally present, like 48 out of the 49 million hours a day we're on Zoom um, <laughs> and you're human. And so of course there's going to be some window of time that we're each not present. But I think it goes to something you said earlier in the episode, which is that we really are all, well, obviously we're all human and we are all behaving The way we are behaving because of the way our brains are firing. And our brains are these incredible electrical and neurochemical tangles. And certain things feel really good inside our brains, and certain things feel really bad. And one of the things that feels really good is connection. And so, if you've got a laptop, a desktop, a phone, an iPad, and these people are trying to connect with you, the first reaction, I think, to go and to grab that call, text, whatever, is so human because someone wants to connect with you. And that's like, aren't we just social animals at our core? And, and yeah, so it's and- all forgivable. And by the way, for
1: many of us who are parenting and working and, you know, helping out older parents and we don't have a ton of free time, I socialize with my friends the most via text. Like That's right. That is actually the majority of my social interactions with my friends is group chats, individual texts. And so that is my outlet. And as my kids said to me, When we were talking about, well, why do you want to get on phone? And why do you? And he said, because it's relaxing and I chill out and it feels good. And so I get that. And I give myself some permission. And I have started just putting my phone elsewhere when my kids are around or my husband's around, or I will let people know, I love you. I got to go. My kid is back and I want to sit with them.
0: Well, and it feels really then helpful and important to. Present this frame is the place that we're going to land, which is you can be present to all of those people in your community who are trying to reach you all these different ways, but you can't be present with all people all the time and simultaneously. And so, if the gift you give yourself is to say, I'm going to be present with the person I'm in the room with right now, and then I'm going to move and be present with the people I'm on text with later. I think we all enjoy that more. Like each of us, when we make that yeah. decision, enjoys each of those situations more. But it requires that we shed this notion that if we don't respond instantaneously, it doesn't make the other person feel good. So if you're in a group chat and someone sends something around and you don't chime in immediately, even if you think it's hilarious or if it's terribly sad or whatever is, and you're not jumping in there, I think the first wave of emotion is I am not as connected to these people as I want to be. I want to be on the first wave of jumping in, but there's not enough bandwidth in life. So I love the the pivot that you've made, which is you've chosen to be present in different scenarios at different times. And I think it's really made a difference in terms of your own happiness because you've been able to enjoy each interaction more even our zooms i mean it's hard to imagine that you could enjoy them more but you've been able to as we enter
1: our millionth hour yes always always pearls of wisdom cara thank you you are my accountability officer this year in resetting with tech listeners i will keep you posted on how well i do with my new commitments fingers crossed i am hopeful bye vanessa bye cara We absolutely love hearing your feedback and getting all your questions. So anytime you want to be in touch, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for great puberty products like the Oom shorts or the Oom socks or the Oom bra, you get the theme there, go to myoomla.com. If you want more content, you love what we do on the Puberty Podcast and you want to have us come speak or learn more about our book or subscribe to our amazing newsletter, The Awkward Roller Coaster, go to orderofmagnitude.co. Remember, it's .co because we don't have enough money to buy .com. Yet.